Hello and welcome to the IGN UK podcast. My name is Dale Driver and today I'm joined on my left by Matt Persler. Hello. How are you doing, Matt? I'm, I'm fine, thank you. How are you, Dale? I, I'm excellent. Good. I'm also joined by the notorious Jesse <laughs> Gomez. Why is it notorious? I don't know. That's it's just the first word that came into my mind. <laughs> the notorious JG. Yeah, that's me. Um, I'm doing great. No one asked, but that's fine. I did, no. Didn't I ask? No. Yeah, I probably didn't care. <laughs> so. Right, boys. Yesterday was a big day in America. The day they celebrate that movie <laughs> about all the aliens attacking. I don't know why it's a holiday, to be honest. It seems ridiculous to me. I mean, yeah. it's a, it's an all right movie. It's not yeah. the one that I dedicate the the sort of national holiday to. I mean, there's a hell of a speech in it. <laughs> yes. And, and Jeff Goblin's in it. Well, it's, a, it's a great cast. They're but, celebrating yeah. the day they betrayed us, basically. And I find that to be very sad. Okay. Unbelievable. We've got a colonialist <laughs> yeah. in, the, in the ranks. And of course, there's American Independence Day yesterday, but something that released on that day was the new season of Stranger Things. Very American. Is it? Is it? <laughs> yeah, totally, I mean, man. I mean, we have, I think we've all only watched episode one, right? So I've watched yeah. the first two episodes. Oh, you've watched oh, the first yeah. two? Yeah. Okay. Way too but far. I assume there's going to be July 4th celebration stuff in the season at some point. The, I think the second episode has an indication that they're built because it's it's set in July 1985, I yeah. think, is this, right, okay. this year. Because, um, and. Sorry, carry on. Yeah, you know, and there was a suggestion that, like, from one of the shopkeepers, I think, in episode two, that they're building up to, there's going to be a big celebration. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, it's obvious why it launched. Yeah, on, yeah. On I was going to say because normally yeah. they were, they, there was Halloween releases, right? Wasn't it? Well, there was a Halloween release, and then there was a, a summer. Re- I think the first the last one, one was definitely Halloween because like, they lent into dressing up for Halloween as yeah. Ghostbusters mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah. At the start, the but first season, I think, it was came like out more summer based. Wasn't yeah, it? yeah. It was more of a. I think it might have been a bit later than what we've got it this year, mm. but I remember it yeah. coming out in the summer. It seems like. Forever ago. It was 2016. Is that it? It feels like so much more than that. <laughs> well, is it, was, it, was it 2016 or was it? Before? I'm pretty sure it was 2016. I mean, it's been a year and a half since the last season. Yeah. Right? yeah. And so then yeah, it, was, it was longer than, but yeah, it, because it might have been 2016. Yeah. I think it was like October 2017, was it, yeah. that the next season came out? Yeah, it's been, and that's been a bit of a roller coaster. I think we'd all agree. I think <laughs> mm. we've all got broadly similar ideas. So I watched season one the day it came out. Um, there didn't seem to be a lot of hype around it, but it was. I knew it was definitely going to be my sort of thing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It, it. I adore like the eighties is an era that I really, really like, despite only living two years of it. <laughs> um, and you know that music. That's. Uh, but it's the style of filmmaking. And when I saw that it wasn't just a show set in the eighties, but it was a show that took eighties style filmmaking and yeah, replicated yeah. it, it was like that is a show for me. Watched the entirety of season one over two days, basically <laughs> when it first came out. And I adore that season. I think it's one of the best pieces of television of the I've, decade. I've not met a human being who didn't like the first season of Stranger Things. Yeah. I think it, it, it was truly super became, strong. Yeah, it became part of like the zeitgeist for like at least a few months where it was like, do you have Netflix? Have you seen Stranger yeah. Things? That was the conversation <laughs> that everybody was happening, having, in, uh, having. And then season two came around and everyone was so super excited for it. And then it just sort of fell, uh, fell flat for me. I don't yeah. know about the general public. I think generally people seem to mostly enjoy it. I think it depends on who you talk to. I think the wider kind of landscape of sort of TV viewers sort of, I think, loved it. Yeah. Um, but I think if you talk to people that are a bit more maybe in the bubble, there was it was a, considered a bit of a disappointment that year, yeah. I think. So like most people I've spoken to that, you know, are in entertainment journalism or games or stuff like that were just like, yeah, this was the season that didn't quite do it for me. Yeah. I watched it, you know, was ready. I watched season one the two weeks before it came out. Yeah. Did that in a day. Me and a friend <laughs> just sat on the sofa for eight hours and did that. And then when season two came out, we did it in a day. 
And yeah, it was kind of like I was waiting for it to have that moment. And like I was enjoying being back with the characters, but... I I think I'd hoped that there would be a bit more of a central focal point to that second mm, season yeah. and it felt a bit all over the place there was stuff with Dustin and he got that weird kind of creature that he was looking after and I was like right, yeah. oh, okay they're going to this one's going to be almost like the tribute to Gremlins and then that sort of never happened yeah and it it almost felt like it had spread itself a bit thin I had I had a, a few problems with the second season but the first thing I remember or the thing that comes to mind is season 1 felt like like almost like a love song to the 80s yes. like a tribute whereas two felt like the 80s had thrown up all over it it yeah. was like very heavy in all its references even so for some what was that episode where it's 11 on our own I can't remember what number so, that was I think that was the weakest episode well, so, my father that one yeah. uh, so I'm I guess I have the controversial opinion oh, really? on this one. Oh, so no. it's the episode that stood out to me because it felt like the the rest of the season and I know that you know most people don't agree with me on this but yeah. I felt like as you say, the most of that season felt like the 80s throwing up on it. Mm. It was all kind of everywhere. Season, that episode seven was the one which felt like this feels like a different type of 80s, whereas the stuff in season one had all been very Amblin, kind yeah. of E.T., yeah. early Spielberg stuff. That was the stuff that felt to me a bit more like the Warriors, a bit more like the Lost Boys. It got kind of that urban, gritty sure, sort of 80s. Enough, yeah. And I kind of enjoyed, because I wanted every season of Stranger Things almost to be a different homage to different elements of the 80s. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of what I'd hoped from the entire season. Yeah, I, I think but you just got it on its this weird solo piece. I thought on that episode, though, that like... I think that might have worked if the crew around her weren't just so irritating <laughs> and not engaging in the slightest. They I are cliches, not. aren't they? Yeah, yeah, they're terrible. And there's also that sequence, which is, it's not just an homage to Empire Strikes Back. It's a direct yeah. rip-off of Empire Strikes Back. And that's why I thought they just went a little bit too hard into the references as well. Mm-hmm. Although, saying that, already in the first episode of season three, I've noticed there's a, quite a heavy Star Wars reference like in the opening scene as yeah, well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I didn't feel like this time I, I feel like I quite enjoyed it how do you what are your general without spoiling we're not going to mm-hmm. spoil it yep. what are your general thoughts on the first episode or first two episodes um, I wasn't that particularly excited to be honest I'm recalling back to season one I really liked like the the small town American vibe the yeah. characters and the stories was really on point as well as the the scares and the threats felt very real and then when it came to season two I kind of lost that American vibe and then with season three I just I think it's, I can't word it any other way than like the 80s vibe has like worn off for me. I can understand that. No? Like, there's been a lot of stuff, as well, especially yeah. with like the It films coming out as yeah. well. Like it seems to be like, and there's a lot of games as well based in that time period. And maybe it's outstayed as well. Coming yeah, there's bit. this weird resurgence of kids doing stuff in the 80s, like in a small American town with bikes all mm. the time and stuff. And as well, I think maybe because I was watching on the train and you know it was packed and stuff and I was watching on my little phone yeah we did tell you to watch this at home last night by the way we decided yesterday we were going to do this on podcast we said watch it at home so you watch on the train in the morning I had an essay to finish off but um, I don't know I was just watching through the episode I didn't really feel much but it's just the first episode they're not really getting up to any strange things during the first episode (laughs) I know I'm smart but um, I know it's just I felt like it was a bit it was a bit too much and as well with all the 80s song playing in the first episode of season three they were like eight songs that they had to play through and I feel like that was just a bit too much I really like the original score like the kind of synth yeah. score that so Kyle Dixon's score which I think yeah, is yeah. very good it's yeah. really unlike- there's still a lot of that in there I, I thought um, oh yeah there was a lot of that in there I think it was just too much like too much of that 80s kind of like let's listen to this soundtrack of songs throughout an entire yeah. episode it just so, I don't know just, I didn't it seems like your main issue then was it was it leaned away from the sci-fi elements of the first episode whereas 
for me, I really, really enjoyed the first episode because I felt like it was me catching up with these characters who I like. I yeah. like a lot of them. Who and it's seeing how they've gotten on since they've grown and they have grown a lot. Yeah, yeah, as well, sure. especially it's a few been a of them like season two. Like uh, Finn, is it Finn Wolfhard? Is it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Mike, yeah, he's yeah. grown up so much. <laughs> like, it, but also like in the episode, like I think he's especially in the first episode, he's become a bit of a dickhead as well. Like, and in a way that teenagers tend to do, you know, yeah. around that age. They and make a point of that, especially with yeah. the, um, the the dad cop trying to, hop, you know, yeah, yeah that's mm-hmm. it. <laughs> so I think I probably leaning closer now to you than Dale. So I yeah. adored the first episode. Mm. It felt like I was coming back to the thing that I loved rather than yes. this kind of shadow of the thing that I wanted it to be um, the thing that I really like I think it comes off across probably within the first 20 minutes of it this is whereas season one is very much an Amblin 80s movie it is now moved into the John Hughes kind of era absolutely yeah. they're older they're actually properly interested in girls now yeah. <laughs> there is this stuff where kind of like because you know um, Lucas is going out with Max yeah. and uh, you know Eleven and Mike have their thing and Dustin has kind of got this girl that he's kind of obsessed with but nobody's seen her yet yeah. Yeah. she's a very big kind of 80s kind of <laughs> trope yeah. but like the whole thing where they're on about is like oh yeah she's she looks like Phoebe Cates but better and it's like <laughs> when I was a kid I had such a crush on Phoebe Cates and it's just like I know exactly what he feels like do you like uh, I'm not insulting you here Jesse but do you know who Phoebe Cates is no yeah because I wouldn't assume you because she's like a she's in Gremlins oh right okay yeah 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 yeah, she's good in Gremlins and um but like, I feel like sometimes you need to have those references to make to enjoy the show a little. Yeah, bit I'll more. appreciate it a little bit more yeah. and stuff like that because a few things like that obviously go over my head since I just I wasn't born around no, then. Of course, so yeah, know. no, you, you shouldn't be expected to know all yeah. these references, you know. Yeah, for sure. I yeah, but like like you said, I agree with you, Matt. Like, I thought it was it was great. Like catching up with the guy, even like uh, with Billy, who I thought yeah. was a bit of a like a bit of a Carbo Kerr character yeah. in the mm-hmm. last season. I still feel like I'm getting to see a little bit more to him now yeah, like, yeah, you know, he's he's clearly like he's into this this cougar hunting sort of situation <laughs> yeah. but he's also you could see like the fragility behind him. you could see like his insecurity there as well when he's in his car when he's driving to think he's like he's rehearsing his lines yeah and stuff. Mm-hmm. that I was think, a funny scene yeah i think um i think i'm really gonna enjoy this season yeah so and so episode two has got uh, I think carries on with the things that I really liked about there's a there's like you know the the shopping mall that they've already set up in yeah. like that has got a really nice sequence in it where they do like a shopping montage yeah but it's done to Material Girl oh, and it's like it's, okay. it's that perfect I love that era of pop so much although is that not just a little bit on the nose there? it is yeah. but it's that on the nose where I sort of you know I, I you know pump the air when I've sort of like got that <laughs> I mean it is a banger so. yeah <laughs> when you've got the right song with the right montage yeah I think the whole thing is it's like the 80s was quite a cheesy era and so like it is on the nose but it's so representative of that era of filmmaking that's the thing it's like the way that the shots are done the way that the the camera movements because it's based on the idea of like the tech that was available to camera operators at that time which was obviously a lot more stilted than it is now you get all of that to it and the color vibrancy and stuff like that there are all these things Mm. and like the opening of not to ruin what happens in the opening of uh, of episode one hmm. but even the way that there is some electricity effects in it which are so Star Wars yeah, in their look yeah, yeah. anything that replicates that era like I love that almost physical 
you know when sort of like CGI was so in its infancy that you'd have all these physical props yeah. and then you'd do film effects over the top yeah, yeah, with like yeah. bits of cut out Kodak and stuff like that anything that does stuff like that is automatically going to get me on side I thought the CGI in that opening scene was a little bit ropey it is <laughs> but I yeah. sort of think it's endearingly yeah. ropey I mean it, you kind of have to give it a bit of leeway like I think we've been spoiled with Game of Thrones with yeah. like mm-hmm. you know ridiculous budget CGI for yeah. television yeah. and you have to remember it is a, a TV show at the end mm-hmm. of the day uh, no, yeah, I'm really excited to watch the rest of it. I have to watch one episode a night with my wife. I'm not allowed to watch it outside of that. I was tempted to watch one on the tube this morning, but I decided... No, you don't no. want to watch that on a... Like, you know, nah, it's yeah. 4K HDR is the yeah, way it's forward, Also, right? you know, they're 45-minute episodes. There's only eight of them. Yeah. It's like, it won't take That's long. the good thing. I'm yeah. pleased that it's not over eight. Like, I know last yeah. season was nine, but yeah. I think eight episodes is a real sweet spot for television yeah. now. Yeah, they're not fucking up like the Marvel Netflix shows yeah. did by always having three too many episodes. Yeah, well, so on the side of this, I've been watching Jessica Jones. Yeah. And this is the thing, like, I really, really, I think season one of Jessica Jones is up there. Oh, in, I really like season one as in, well, yeah. In this kind of, like, it is, it's not just a good Marvel show, but it's actually a really important show in so many ways and this is the final season and this of the, is the final the Netflix season kind yeah. of Marvel stuff right? um, yeah. I think it's alright but I think the key difference is is Stranger Things has my attention I'm watching Stranger Things hmm. most of Jessica Jones I've been watching while circling through my Twitter feed uh, and that's, <laughs> that's not a good sign is it yeah it's kind of and so much television now is me watching it while also checking out what Twitter's on it's like there was only really been Game of Thrones and Stranger Things this yeah. year which has had I haven't watched Chernobyl yet and I'm sure that God, has oh, kind so of got good. Her. Yeah, Chernobyl was brilliant. Um, so I find like, uh, so when me and my wife sit down to watch a movie, like I ban phones. I was like, okay, we've got to put the phone, we put the <laughs> well, phone on I'd the like table. To. And I think that's the best way to, to watch it. And then you'll find yourself more engaged because the temptation's there. But I absolutely hear you. Like yeah. when we watch things like comedy shows and stuff like that, there is the tendency to, I'm going to browse Twitter while I'm watching yeah. this. It's easy to get distracted when you're watching shows that don't feel like as important. But it's, it, I think my, my point is it's not that it just feels less important it's just kind of like if Jessica Jones like one of you know one of my favourite characters from Marvel and had such a strong season one like it's just clear that the writing isn't as good yeah. this time around if I'm literally going to Twitter a place that is full of inane bullshit <laughs> yeah. for my entertainment when I could just devote my attention to that there's obviously something yeah. there that's, that's absolutely a good me. counterpoint yeah like if it was that engaged and you wouldn't yeah. be ever consider looking at your phone I found like um, there was a period where I was watching Netflix shows and I would be tempted to look for my phone and I remember watching Narcos was the first one mm. where I realised I can't do this anymore because subtitles. there's a lot of fucking subtitles to read <laughs> so I like and then I we tried to make it a point at home to, like put the phone down while we're watching certain yeah. shows like Chernobyl was one like we finished that a few days ago and it was a brilliant show for us like, we haven't really spoke about it on this podcast actually no but. I think is uh, I, I know you and Joe have watched it I haven't got around to it yet uh, yeah I think Cardi was planning to watch it I don't think uh, I know Al's watched a couple of episodes yeah. as well it's almost certainly something that will come up in the end of year podcast because oh, it will be, it's, it'll, I it's know it is a really, highlight of TV I, I good th- TV I, I think the best thing about it is not to go on a little Chernobyl bit but um, everybody kind of knows about Chernobyl mm-hmm. yeah but this gives you the full information and things that I never really considered I just knew there was this nuclear meltdown mm-hmm. in Chernobyl in Ukraine it happened in the 80s and then a lot of people were affected by it that's basically the breadth of my knowledge about Chernobyl when I was going into the show so yeah. I learned so much about it so much so that I didn't want to read Wikipedia yeah. in between yeah. episodes just in case it spoiled me well that was the thing I had with did you watch Boardwalk Empire? Uh, I watched the first season of Boardwalk yeah Empire. so I watched like, uh, that was one of my favourite shows of the time and it was a case of I refused for basically for what five years to read anything about that period of American yeah. history it was like I don't want to know because all of these main characters could potentially have been killed yeah, at that point in history yeah. I was like I, that, they literally are shows 
spoilers yeah. then back to narcos i did the same yeah. thing that i was like <laughs> i refused to read about i mean i knew pablo escobar died spoilers <laughs> uh, but i didn't know what the full events were and i mm. yeah just refused to uh, narcos mexico is a really good show that people seem to sl- have slept on by the way mm. i really enjoyed that watch that recently. is that still a continuation from like or is that a spin-off so it's a continuation exactly? of the real world but it's, yeah. it's different people it's a right, different okay. drugs it's about mexico it's a different yeah. how like people rose up in mexico starting with uh, weed and then going into right. cocaine is it still based off kind of like a, a central figure like escobar was? yes yeah there's still okay. one. i don't want to tell you who that because in the first episode they okay. kind of like twist your expectations of okay all right you cool. should watch it though it's really good yeah, yeah. anyway well, at least you know we can't have stranger things spoiled for us by history because the mind players don't <laughs> exist <laughs> that you know Thankfully. of that you know of. i mean i've played dungeons and dragons campaigns <laughs> with them in they were pretty scary there uh I'm not Cardi. I'm not going to do a segue. I'm just going to say the next thing on the list, which is Rainbow <laughs> Six Siege Showdown. That yeah. was fun. Matt, that's a thing, give us an overview. It? What happened? So Showdown is a 3v3 limited time mode that has arrived in Rainbow Six. Um, I'm guessing because it's quite it's it's set in the Old West, and I'm guessing the reason why it's turned up now is because a bit of Americana wouldn't go amiss yeah, at this yeah, time I of year. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it basically uh, two teams of three start on either end of what is kind of like. Uh, it's like a gold fortress, isn't it? You know, yeah. like, like it's, it's not much of a fortress, though, no. is it? Really, it's, it's a box with <laughs> with yeah. uh, an upper floor and a lower floor, yeah. and inside that box is a chest full of gold. And basically, the gold acts as the secure area yeah. objective. And so, um, three people are on attack, three people on defend. Um, do a secure area mode but the difference being is everybody's dressed up as cowboys Mm -hmm. there are only so many operators on either side that you can choose there's like like five each side yeah there's a nice selection and they've all got I think quite good skins that they've done for these Uh, but the only weapons they can use are are the revolver which is the revolver that you might have used if you've played Montaigne or any of the French operators and the uh, double um, shot break barrel shotgun that Vigil and Dakaibi use um they're two of the most annoying weapons in the game because <laughs> yeah. if you're not very good at getting a headshot with them, you're not going to stand a chance. Especially because they can't be accessorized as yeah. well. There's I've, nothing no. you can do to improve them. Mm-hmm. I've never felt so shit about my skills when it comes to playing Rainbow Siege than yeah. what this game has actually just put forth in front of me because those the shotgun especially, you might as well be using a Nerf gun or yeah. something. Well, it's impossible okay. to get a shot. Because the thing is with the shotgun is, so it's a break barrel, two shells in, shut. Yeah. Um, and because it's Dekaibis, it's not a buckshot. It's loaded with solid slug shells. Right. So basically you have to get a good sort of neck or head shot for it to go because you can't yeah. just expect the spread to catch yeah. someone in it. Yeah. If they'd done that, I probably <laughs> would be getting a lot more kills in it than yeah, I am. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I love the fact that they've done this I love the fact that they did the April Fool's Rainbow's Magic thing as well because this is only running for two weeks yeah Mm. I I think these sort of things are brilliant I love these sort of events but the actual event itself is not fun to play and I think it's in fact pretty poor Uh, I I like the skins. I've got a new hat for Kaid, hey. and I'm like always. Now I feel the urge to play Kaid in yeah. normal modes because of the hat. But it takes away a lot of what I love about Siege, which is the intel and the recon. And yeah, because the, there's the, no preparation phase. Yeah. All you immediately go into it, so it's not like you've got little horses that you send out yeah, to yeah, try and find the gold. Yeah. Or it's anything. super fast paced, which is not. It's cool, like a nice change of pace, mm-hmm. and it's got a really cool. Um, a voiceover like, guy as well yeah, oh yeah there's yeah. a weird narrator at the yeah. side it's like oh the whole stone gang <laughs> yeah. they're here that, that's kind of cool but it's it, I played it for about an hour or so and then I thought that's me done with that yeah. I'm going yeah. back to the normal mode it, it doesn't feel right when I start a Rainbow Six match and 
grenade spam has already started immediately. Yeah. Like that happens in Call of Duty on the smallest maps. It mm -hmm. shouldn't happen on Siege and yeah. it just kind of throws you off. It just it's, it just doesn't feel like that sort of game, but like it's just a special event. It's, yeah, it's not affecting the main game, so um, I hope they do many more of these things, and hopefully some of them nail it a bit more and get. Yeah, I like tell you it. what is more fun though. I've been playing Apex Legends season two. Oh right, okay. That's that's it. so. How much Apex have so you guys I played? I played a shitload when it first came out mm -hmm. for about three weeks, and then realised. I can't compete and <laughs> I want to go back to Siege so yeah. I just sort of gave up and then that was it really. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. I only played, I started playing it when I joined the office here and I think it's a blast. Like the controls are really smooth. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, respawn. They're great at doing yeah. first person shooters. Um, I'm not particularly fantastic mm. at the game. I just really enjoy playing it just because mm -hmm. of the movement. So um, Apex is one of the things that when it came out, because Titanfall 2 is, it's not only one of my favorite games of all time, but it's also actually on my multiplayer rotation. Okay. I still play that multiplayer oh, nice. today. Uh, and so a battle royale set in that, like I've never quite clicked. Like I quite liked PUBG for a little while, but again, found like the skill ceiling was just too high. Yeah. Fortnite, I was sort of okay with. Apex was the one where it was like, everything about this battle royale works for yeah. me. And I probably played it quite heavily. Like it was my lunchtime game when I used to work at PC Games N. Mm -hmm. So before I moved over here, and then we brought you back to Siege. <laughs> brought me back because yeah, because Siege used to be lunchtime game <laughs> yeah. at, at PCGN, and then it changed to Apex, and now I'm back on Siege. Um, but um, the thing I found is probably about um, six or seven weeks into it, just the skill ceiling just became too, and I yeah. wasn't competitive anymore. Season two has fixed it. Okay. Oh. Because they added rank mode. So now all of the really good people are in ranked <laughs> right, mode. Okay. And suddenly it's like, it's great because everybody I'm being teamed up with and every time, because you know how it tells you like who the champion of the last yeah. match was and yeah, like they're ridiculous. always around my level. And I'm like, right. wait, suddenly I'm actually, and I've had two wins in two days. That's yeah, nice. So suddenly it's like, wow, I can actually play Apex again with people that are on sort of my rough level and we're having fun again. Yeah. So you are you playing ranked but it's just no no so I'm playing, playing casual. I'm playing casual oh, yeah okay, right. like I think like if I could get good at casual I would go into ranked in the same way that we've done with rainbow but yeah. I'm probably not going to play apex as much as I play rainbow yeah. so I'm not actually fussed about going into ranked yeah I just like I think the smoothness of the controls and the way that game works and like it fixed so many things that I had problems with about battle royales and it's got the titanfall elements yeah, to it's it still got amazing skidding as yeah well. yeah <laughs> like superb skidding just the way that like you know you shield top up I love like the animations of getting out those big shield containers and pulling the yeah. like it's so satisfying everything and so like they've added new weapons like they've got the L-Star which was a great weapon in Titanfall 2 mm -hmm. and they've put it in and they've slightly recalibrated it yeah. for thingy I've got the new character Watson that they bought in oh, cool. this one okay. I got enough kind of like the free currency to buy one and I was like she looks really cool is um, she more support based because she can put up like what these electrified a, grids she's a defense character she's actually the closest they've ever had to Fortnite really in which she puts up electrified fences so oh. if you're okay. like in a final circle you can kind of put these fences up around that's the doors really cool. that's, and stop people from, that's good I think they can come through them but they get massively slowed down that feels like a siege thing yeah well, and yeah. like the other night I got you know the Mastiff which is the golden shotgun that yeah. you can only get out of drops I got that and I've never had it before I didn't realise that it's basically just instant murder <laughs> just had a great time with it and she's got her ultimate as you put down like a pylon she's got this big pylon on her back pulls it out unfolds it and it just instantly regenerates people's shields oh, around that's you cool. that's really so dope. The, like there's a new dynamics in the game though like because i haven't played it for a little while i'm like 
actually being able to play with people who are on my level with a cool new character and seeing like the map has changed as well you know the big monsters that were off map mm -hmm. like they've now like waded into the land <laughs> so they can move around and there's like okay. these big like you, you occasionally hear them just screaming oh and, god like, does it actually affect the map though can you get like crushed so by one of them I don't know if you get, I know that they pick up their feet and I don't think they actually move across the map but if they drop their foot again and you're, you're in the crater you're fucked crushed yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's I was going to ask actually like uh, so I assume they have haven't got a new map yet it's just so like one it's still king's canyon but there are di they've done the Fortnite thing where different areas have now been changed so they're like you can gradually see where like new buildings have been set up and okay. obviously right. they've got new loot in it um and obviously um sort of areas might have been blown up so they've gone from being kind of like quite grassy to a bit more scorched yeah, okay. like the forest like now as well isn't it proper yeah forest green and right. and so as you go around there are these big cages with like dragons in it and you can sort of like shoot the dragons in the cages but then when people die now um the dragons that are loose will pick up their loot and then you can shoot the dragons out the sky and they drop the loot box that's, that's weird so there's all of this and i can see kind of i assume season to season the story of this arena will go on because the whole idea is basically there was a giant pylon in the middle of the arena that was keeping the monsters at bay okay. and now that has been destroyed and you can see it physically like on the ground yeah. that's what's let like the big leviathan I think they're called leviathans have come onto the land and stuff like that I, I do like, sorry go on Jesse I like the sound of like PVE mixed with PVP as yeah, well so, so it, potentially having dangerous like animals and exotic kind of stuff yeah, like that yeah they're not a the danger to you, you yeah. but you just kind of like you, you can interact with them mm. um, but yeah it might be interesting to see kind of like obviously the big multiplayer thing that Titanfall had was there were five enemy pilots on the map but actually there were lots of enemies to fight because it would be drop podding like really low level grunts in yeah. that were just controlled by AI the idea of bringing a little bit of that into it because I don't think they're probably never going to bring Titans into it because that's just massively overpowered even yeah. if you've got that like be super a cool, scrappy though. Titan that would only take <laughs> one shot to bring down it's still too much of an outbalance yeah. for that you know they've got their own they've got a multiplayer game with Titans yeah, yeah, and stuff exactly. already yeah this is something different but the idea of bringing a little bit of that PVE and maybe there are some kind of like you know because obviously um, Blackout does it they have the zombies on the map yeah. don't they so maybe something like that yeah it's cool sounds good yeah anyway Again, I'm not going to do a segue. I'm just going to go into the next segment. Jesse's VR Corner. Let's yep. make this a regular segment. If it, well, this oh, is geez, the, I don't know how that's going to go. This is the feature. pilot, mate. This is okay, the pilot. If you right. nail it, then maybe it could be a regular segment. All right, right, let's see how that goes. Go on, Jesse. All right, so I've been messing around with um, VR quite recently. I decided to um, go out and purchase my very own first VR headset, so the mm. Oculus Rift S. God, and you went in big, didn't you? You didn't yeah. just go yeah. for a little PSVR. You were so, like, all the money. So for the people who don't know, and that I include me, uh, what is the difference between the Rift and the Rift S? Right, so the original Rift is essentially like, it's you got your headset and then a few wires that plugs into your computer, but then you also have the added, I guess, weight of having sensors dotted across your room that yeah. have to be connected to your PC. So it's quite cumbersome. Yeah. But with the Rift S, it's got what's called inside-out tracking. So there's literal like little cameras on your headset. So when you're playing VR, you don't have to have any of those VR cameras dotted around the room. It's just okay. a single wire. So no sensors then? Yeah, no sensors at all. It's just from the headset to your PC. And that's it. And that's you have cool. like access so the, to the, the helmet is effectively looking at the yeah, room. Yeah, it's, it's tracking. Yeah. It's tracking. You so know, you have to do a big calibration with your room, I guess. At the start. Um, not entirely. Like you can, you can have a decent VR experience just near enough standing still. Like obviously, you want to put some kind of safety barriers. And Oculus Rift S allows you to do that because it has um, 
when you're putting up the like the guardian that's what it's called yeah um you can actually see your room and everything like that so you can actually see through the cameras it's really creepy because all in black weird. and white and stuff but you can actually set boundaries with the controllers it's really intuitive and smooth and then so like does it come up like does it do that wireframe thing yeah where yeah like it kind of does something like that yeah it's um honestly it's really exciting times for yeah. vr i think just because as of recent we've had the oculus rift s yeah and then the quest as well which is mm-hmm. even more exciting i think than the so rift that's s. the one where you don't need a pc right yeah that is just fully wireless and it feels really really great okay now that, that's like i've got two main problems with vr but yeah one of them was the idea of having to be connected like we've it's got be, it's the tethered experience that kind of yeah, takes you out we've of got in the corner of this room right now we've got like a vr station and we've got all these huge cameras on poles and yeah just cables everywhere it's a bit of a mess and anything that makes the process simpler is yeah, more intriguing yeah. i think the the problem is with when it comes to the quest specifically is that because it's on the oculus platform you're kind of in this like closed marketplace because mm-hmm. if you're using the rift s or the htc vive or even you know the new valve index yeah you have steam you have the oculus store and you have other like third-party apps that you can make use of right if you're using the quest then you're just stuck inside this kind of rather small ecosystem with not a lot of games it's effectively so a mobile phone isn't it in yeah, terms yeah, of, like it sure. has its own operating system and it has its own yeah. store yeah and obviously i assume the quest is it's going to be nowhere near as powerful as the pc no no not all so um what's it called star wars uh darth vader immortal Mm -hmm. came out not too long ago and i've been playing a ton of that recently and it is quite fun but jumping from the quest to the rift s there humongous clear graphical differences and it depends on yourself as well so i have a fairly good setup at home when it comes to my pc yeah but just seeing the difference from the quest to the rift s it's uh, it makes you wonder whether it's worth it or not, how important graphics are yeah. to you mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I mean, for me, it's like, obviously graphics are nice, but obviously am I having fun is the, is the main thing. Yeah, and, yeah, and, for sure. And if it means, if being wire-free means I have a better time, then I would lean yeah, to that. For but sure. I think the thing that puts me off more is what you just said about the, the options of what games you can actually get. Yeah, because when it comes to the Quest, obviously it's it's like a little inbuilt PC, like you said, just mm-hmm. kind of like a mobile phone. So the process and power isn't really there. So you're not yeah. going to have access to like Skyrim VR, Fallout VR, sure. and you know there's kind of bigger titles they're, they're like the that. Sort of games that are, I don't know about you, but I don't want to play those sort of games on VR. I yeah. want unique things. Like I, the you reason, want to experience new things. I That's don't why like you have playing VR. VR, right? Because I get motion sickness. But yeah. If I do, I want it to be because, okay, this thing looks incredible. I can't experience it any other way. So, I have to play VR. There's, I don't, Jesse, you might actually know what the game is that I'm about to describe to you, <laughs> but there is a game where you get to play. It's almost like a fantasy game when you've got swords and axes and stuff like that, but it's like a proper fighting game. So you can grab people like by the throat and like just impale yeah, them with I, swords. I, I've been and, playing tons of this and I've posted a few videos on my tour actually. I think you're referring to sword and sorcery. It might be like as someone yeah. that just kind of like, I don't ever want to kill anyone in real life but like i do really? love a, i do love a bit of violence in games so okay. kind of like the ability to kind of like just do like proper sword yeah. fighting and that ridiculous thing of seeing like yeah. this feels like something in black mirror episode yeah, like yeah. let you it's, live out your murder <laughs> fantasies it's, it's, it's honestly it's a very visceral game and it is kind of weird when you're playing it because you're able to like grab someone and stab them as many times and you can chop their heads off or throw them off a bridge and stuff okay it's, it's kind of <laughs> fucked up but it's 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 just a fun it's a fun it's a fun game it's, it's got magic fun. in it as well right? yeah yeah so yeah, you like can, you can you can do your force lightning and shit yeah. like that. It's crazy. There's a lot about you two that you find this fun. <laughs> yeah, but if you're playing Disgusting. like if you're Both playing like, Dale, you love a bit yeah, of Resi. Exactly. <laughs> if you're playing <laughs> mad violent games on console, then it's it's worth at least experiencing some kind of VR kind of getting no, 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 no. mad. I mean, you know, like if it's a different thing that you can't experience anywhere else, 
then I'm interested in it. Yeah. What I'm not interested in is like, I love Resident Evil 7. I had no desire to play that in VR. Yeah. It's also because, not very good in VR. Yeah, well, really? it's, a ga- it's a game I wanted to sit down on my sofa and play. You know, I don't, I, I don't want to sit there with a headset for like for eight hours. It's an intense experience wearing a headset. Yeah, of course. And you wouldn't want to do that because your eyes, I'm pretty sure you'll end up being, you'll be pretty fucked by the end of the day yeah, if you're wearing a VR yeah. headset. But- I had to do a preview thing once. I won't say the game. Um, <laughs> slag it off. <laughs> um, it's a game where they came into our studio and they put on, it was on PSVR. Yeah. And it was just sitting down or sitting in a chair and I had to play it for an hour straight and I, I felt so sick like I just sort of sweat was beating up my head and afterwards they're like what do you think and I was like yeah it's great and then I just gotta get to the toilet I had to go yeah. out there and like practically throw up and wash Jesus. my face because it was an hour of that was an intense experience there, uh, are, there are a lot of things you have to keep in mind what mind when you're going to go for a VR experience. So actually the, the space between your eyes can make a huge difference when you're playing VR, things called IPD. So if it's too far apart or too short, it can actually <laughs> mess up the way you're playing because you won't be able to, um, it'll actually make you feel sick. I was There's a saying to someone that, like, you can't really know, play VR, the gap between your eyes is too big. It's, it's, it's messed up, but there is like an optimal kind yeah, of, sure. uh, you know, size when like it comes to VR. Kids um, to a certain age can't use VR, right? Is that, am I I mean, I'm sure because like the distance between, I mean, yeah. their, their faces like, are I tiny. I remember seeing somewhere that saying like, you know, children under the age of ten. I don't know. I'm just this purely was like guessing. With here. when the DS came out, that so yeah, the there was a worry with the 3D. Uh, they were like, please don't. You know, a child don't let them play in 3D because kind of like it. I think yeah. because of the development of the eyes. Yeah, that's mad. But there's, there's something I've always loved about VR and it's being able to experience the scale of things. Yeah. So I've never quite had that feeling when I'm playing just a normal game. Like mm-hmm. you might see a tall building and think, you know, it doesn't really matter. But when yeah. you're playing in VR, something as basic as a, sky, a skyscraper feels pretty amazing because yeah. you're actually able to look up and even when I was playing um, Vader Immortal there's a scene when Darth Vader walks up right towards you Jesus, and stuff yeah. and it I never you would never think how fucking huge how and tall this guy scary, is right? Right? it's really fucked mm-hmm. up I remember VR. playing in the Batman um, Arkham VR game just like how big everybody was and yeah. there's like it's, it's Killer Croc near the end isn't it yeah and he just fucking joined up and it was actually like <laughs> I want to close my eyes. Like, yeah. it's actually a little bit scary about how intimidating these people are. Even just seeing, yeah, like the Joker. And like, I remember, I think it's, do you do a bit of a Nightwing in that? Or is is it, it, is it, he's having a fight in an alley, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. And I just remember people standing near me and I'm like, I'm a little bit scared and <laughs> a bit intimidated by you right so now. So yeah. the, the only, like, I'm I'm not a huge fan of VR, um, but the, um, the one that I have played that actually I was like, wow, this is, and it was a game converted to VR was when LA Noir was done in VR. Okay. Right, okay. And it's the only time where I've like, actually, this is the, uh, a traditional game that I really like in VR because actually sitting down at a desk and questioning someone yeah, and having like a book that sounds really good actually yeah. and yeah. there's a thing that it does like um, so I've played it on the HTC Vive which I guess is you know the most complex yeah. of at least at the time when it's I nice played it yeah it was it was the mm-hmm. better there's a difference between the Oculus and obviously the yeah. HTC Vive, but a lot of people preferred the HTC Vive at release. But the thing I found was kind of like I was opening the the, the notebook and you've obviously got all your questions in to talk to them, but you can make notes in it because you've <laughs> actually got the pen. But the thing I found is the moment I put the pen to the paper, I could feel like the nib of the pe- uh, the pencil break as it hit the paper. Okay. It's got yeah. so many little mad things. Great tactile feedback then. And like there's not many of the missions that are in like it's a much shorter version of LA Noir. Yeah. But the bit where they're doing a bank robbery and like you... The you, shootout. Yeah, you drive yeah. to the bank and you get out and you literally open the trunk of the car and you grab the gun and pull the yeah. shotgun out and you're loading the individual shells into yeah. the gun and then you're literally pulling it back and the way that you hide up against the walls and I was yeah. doing this in my old office yeah and like it sounds I could hear people yeah. laughing at me because I was just smacking like <laughs> as I was going up against the wall of the bank I got to the wall of the office so yeah. I was sliding <laughs> along the wall like shimmying up and then like firing through a door yeah. which quite handily was the door to yeah. the office I think they were laughing at you because you were wearing the full suit and trill 
almost certain. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's experiences like that when it comes to VR, like especially with first-person shooters. There's a lot of multiplayer first-person shooters, like mm -hmm. uh, Pavlov, for example, is kind of like Counter-Strike, but mm -hmm. in VR. Yeah. Being able to just reload your gun and have it kind of feel like you're reloading the gun, it makes a big difference. Yeah. yeah. Cardi was saying about how in Blood and Truth, like you can chuck the magazines in yeah. the air and then catch them in the butt of the equilibrium gun. equilibrium shit. Yeah. yeah. It's I'm pretty crazy. No, I mean... I have little to no interest in VR and I've definitely heard a couple of things now that I'm actually made, like yeah. the LA Noir one specifically what, what about all the missions those bollocks missions where you just have to chase people through alleys there is there is an experience like that when but I think chase. it's only done once isn't it and like, like, it, it cuts so much of them down because yeah that isn't like it doesn't the, really work there's no. different control schemes as well yeah. and one of them is for you to do, do that it. Oh, no, and no, it's no. so stupid no, no, but no, by no. that because nobody at home can see that basically you yeah. have to swing your arms <laughs> left and right as if you're running that is not very good that yeah <laughs> luckily most of the driving is like obviously you sit down and you drive and you hold the wheel in your physical hands okay. and like it's weird to be able to like just lean back and look over your shoulder and see <laughs> out the back of the car and then yeah. like and then crash you get real whiplash from it <laughs> yeah. oh that sounds good anyway we're moving on the endless search inside it's a uk agn crew Shit. Yeah, yeah, and ones and twos. We got the games gonna play for you inside. I got a question for you. Hold tight, the DJ, we're coming through. Yeah, yeah, and ones and twos. We got the games gonna play for you inside. I got a question for you. Is it in the search? Matt, you've come prepared with a game today. I have, yes. We're gonna be doing a glorious round of PG tips. Oh, PG tips. Give us a quick. Yeah, uh, for anybody, PG tips yeah, is. for anybody that's missed an episode where we've done PG tips before, basically what it is is Jesse pointed <laughs> himself there. By the way, you work no, here. He's supposed to know all the games. <laughs> so I've got five films here, and you're gonna have to guess what the film is. But the clues that you're gonna get are actually the descriptions of things in the film on the parental guidance section of IMDb. Okay. Now the thing is, is they're not from the BBFC or the Motion Picture Association or anything like that. These are ones that have been written by user submitted. User submitted. So nice. some of the them maniacs. are bonkers. <laughs> yeah. Most who, has, who has time to do that? Who has time to go to IMDb, create an account and then Luckily, put these things the, in? Luckily, the people that are crowd sourcing our the, game. This game, yeah, so I really <laughs> appreciate all of you. I remember a period, I don't know if you guys did it as well, but as soon as I saw a film, I'd come out of cinema the first thing I'd do is go to IMDB and read their little message boards off of the film's page I'd look at the trivia but I've never I didn't know they had mean? like specific I just wanted to boards. see like what other like proper nerdy people who were like <laughs> yeah. obsessed about little details thought about these films and at that yeah. time it was the only place I had to go and get the right, information okay. mm -hmm. anyway sorry that right. <laughs> off track so there are five films um, obviously a point for each film mm -hmm. um, and then there is a link oh. and if you get the link you get two points so you know if it's very close there is a chance to take over okay. sweet right so Film one. Clue one. Okay. The two main characters drink and take ecstasy in one scene. It shows the effects of the drug, but in a very dark and unappealing light. Wolf of Wall Street. No. Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. No. The hang Hangover. No. Shit. Okay. Several, several camera shots focus on the main character's battered feet. We watch as she attends to black, broken, and bleeding toenails. Pulp Fiction? No. I was thinking immediately you go to Tarantino when yeah, you hear feet, you right? Feet. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to say Kill Bills, or just no. in case. Oh, damn it. <laughs> um, uh, sorry, can you, what was the last little bit of that? Black and... Uh, we watch as she attends to black, broken, and bleeding toenails. Oh, my God. Um, Saw. No. There's only one guy who likes feet, and it's Tarantino. I can't think of anything. There's definitely <laughs> more than one guy. Apparently, Joss Whedon's <laughs> yeah. quite into feet as well. Oh, yeah. Great. 
Um, um, right. Hmm. Next one. Okay. Repeatedly, she picks at the skin around her fingernails and scratches her back viciously. She has awful hallucinations in which she sees herself tearing bloody strips of skin away from her fingers. Oh, my God. Requiem for a dream? No. Crap, I haven't seen that. That is closer um, to the vibe of this film. Okay. Um, oh, so I feel like it's... If it's not a horror film or a comedy. I mean, I'm struggling some to... people think it's a horror record. <laughs> so, in the same, this is... I think it's a horror film, but it is a horror film in the sort of way that Requiem is. Oh, okay. It's not, it's not Jacob's Ladder, is it? No. Damn. I'm blanking. Right, yeah. last clue. I hope you get it from oh, this. Right. Okay. A character's hallucinations include watching herself metamorphosing into a swan. Oh, black swan. Yes. Yeah, Shit. Okay, there we go. <laughs> there we go. One to Dale. Yep. I liked Black Swan. I it think was a so good film. Black Swan, I think, was my favourite film of that year, which I think was 2011 for us. It was 2010 in the you, States. I'm not sure I've your, ever seen it. Would you before? say it's your favourite Aronofsky film? Yes. I'd say The Wrestler. The Wrestler is very the good. Wrestler. I still need to watch that. Yeah. You are into your wrestling. <laughs> yeah, I love The Wrestler. It's brilliant. Whereas, uh, you know, a wanky look at the <laughs> horrors of being a ballet dancer, slightly <laughs> yeah. more my speed. Right. Next one. At the beginning of the film, a character is shown boxing shirtless. Creed, Rocky, Rocky One, Rocky Two. Right, calm down. Four, five, six, Creed One, Creed Two. You know I do these to Rocky put you Balboa. off. <laughs> Million Dollar Baby. No, down. Clue two. The film contains numerous scenes of very comical action violence, mostly involving gun firing and hand-to-hand combat. Rush Hour. When I when I say these films are, if it's in the series, you'll you'll yeah, you'll let, let me you. know, right? Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. so I don't have to say all the numbers. <laughs> um, oh God! Hands, wait, what kind of hand to hand combat did you mention? That or just hand to hand? No, combat? just hand to hand combat. All right. Mm. The Expendables. No, but I Jesse, you're closer. Okay. Give us the next clue. All the members of the team are seen being injected with tracking chips. Suicide Squad. Uh, yes. There oh, we go. Nice, that nice. film was shit. <laughs> yeah, you were you would have definitely got it from the last one, which is every time the villain is on screen, he displays a disturbing behaviour, such as lying in the middle of knives and guns while laughing and laughing oh, while yeah, firing was, a machine gun. Gosh, that was terrible. Right. An enormous so film three here. Okay. An enormous squid like creature with numerous tentacles and razor sharp teeth attack the characters. Attack the block? No. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. No. Um, but I can see where you got that from. I mean, it's not in the, the film, thing. but Watchmen. No. Uh, no. Oh, God. Uh, right. Star Wars. No. Damn it. There was a scene in, what was it? The Force Awakens? I mean, are you thinking yeah, well, in like a Salik pit? No, he's thinking in uh, Force Awakens. When, when on the that, ship. Oh, when the- Han Solo's like freighter ship thing. Yes, yeah. That giant blob going mm-hmm. down the hallway. Is, is there a scene in Men in Black when that happens? No. Damn. I mean, there might I mean, be. No, almost definitely. Right. Clue two. <laughs> there is a brief scene in which a creature is tortured. The creature's screams can be heard and their hands are shown. Independence Day. Harry Potter. <laughs> no. Um... Alien Autonomy. <laughs> That's a film we haven't heard in a while. <laughs> was that the Anton Deck yeah. one? Fucking hell. That sounds terrible. It was terrible. <laughs> um, oh, God. Aliens versus Predator. There's one of you that I'm very disappointed in now. Okay, it's me. Oh, it's me. <laughs> right, um, next one. A man dives into a river and then it's shot by archers. The man is seen floating dead with several arrows protruding from his back. Is it Lord back. of the Rings? 
Fellowship of the Ring. Yes, yeah. Dale. <laughs> oh, no, that's not fair. That's not fair. Give Jesse that. That's, All right, Jesse can have it. Sweet. <laughs> he he gave you such a look that was obvious. You say the film titles and you didn't oh, do no, anything. Last time I played this, I remember just saying the name of the you film. Did, not but the you're not gonna you're not gonna learn. You're not gonna I'm, lose I'm, a I've, point. I've like, learned now. There we go. Okay. Yeah, I time. I thought yes, you might have got that from the first one because yeah. the Watcher in the Water. Yeah. Um, Wait, and where's the giant squid? Um, it's the watcher in the water outside Moria. Yeah. Oh, I barely remember those films. Because mm-hmm. they're shite. Uh, and then the last one. things you don't mean, Dale. <laughs> That's going to get me some bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't do me. I'm typing the emails now. <laughs> Would you have got it by the last one, Jesse? So, well, you got it by the, the archers, because obviously that's when uh, Isildur's going down the yeah. river. Um, but then Cast the other one was... The fire. <laughs> nope. uh, one of the main characters is stabbed in the shoulder. He screams, we see him later near death with a bloody wound. <laughs> oh yep. God. Right. Okay. Film four. A teen boy kisses a teen girl and she kisses him back. Juno. Uh, no. Stranger uh, Things episode one. <laughs> what was that other film? I mean, <laughs> it's like every uh, other it, film. It chapter one. There we go, Dale. Was it? Yes. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> yes. yes, please. Are you actually keeping count of these? Uh, right? Well, you've yeah, won so, now, right? Well, no, because isn't it isn't it like you would count that where it's, you get more points how earlier you get it? Earlier? No, 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 no. Oh, so okay. you just have to get the film, but obviously, so so you got Black Swan. Then, okay. Uh, Jesse got Suicide Squad. That's no, two all. Okay. And then, uh, yeah, yep. so to all. So Let it's all to play for. Do you want to know what the other bits were from, yeah, go from for the it, go it for one? It. There was, we see several sheep being killed with a bolt gun. That would okay. have been really but, obvious. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there is a scene where a villain's mouth and hand is ripped open, showing mantis or werewolf-like skin. Mm. And then the main character accepts his brother's death by just finding his raincoat. It's really emotional because his main goal was to find his brother alive and well. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's right. Sad. Okay, the last one. Right, I'm not entirely sure if either of you have seen this film, but I okay. picked the ones that are quite obvious, so that even if you've only seen trailers, you should know what this one right. would be. Trailers, so it can't um, be too old. What? <laughs> well, who's watching a trailer for a really old film that you might? I mean, not you know, trailers seen. did exist. Yeah, yeah, I know. You might like, have seen it four years ago. The trailers in it, and mm. also your definition of really old is it came out in 1989 or something. <laughs> that's mad old. <laughs> There was a scene that featured an entire group of scientists being shot dead by the villain character's madmen. Oh my god. Golden eye. No. <laughs> a character is killed with a laser beam to the chest. They scream for a couple of seconds before being disintegrated. First class. No. No. God. <sighs> Men in black? No. There were a few jokes made throughout the film that implied that the monsters were probably having sexual intercourse with one another. It's not Independence Day, is it? War of the Worlds? No. Fantastic. Oh, Mars Attacks? No. Oh, is that the one with like the little... little... Martians, yeah. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> well, right. I couldn't remember the Last one. film. During one of the battle scenes, one of the monsters manages to tear off one of another monster's heads with his jaws. Little blood is shown during the scene. Jurassic Park? Uh, no. no. Wait. We'd say dinosaurs. Not Starship yeah. Troopers. No, that you're you're getting there. Okay, okay. Um, God, wait. Can you say that last one again? Yeah. During one of the battle scenes, one of the monsters manages to tear off one of another monster's heads oh, with Kong? his jaws. Oh, uh, um, Godzilla. Uh, one of those. Yes. <laughs> Kong uh, Island, Skull Island. No. Uh, so. Uh, Godzilla, Godzilla. Uh, King of the Monsters. <laughs> yes. That one. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen it actually. No, mm-hmm. I do know it though. Well, there we go. I tried to was a, build up to yeah. something that was quite obviously a kaiju battle. Yeah. So Dale 
technically wins. Well, we've got the link there. But what's the link? I want to say it's, they've all got people who are in Stranger Things. Ding, there. ding, ding. <laughs> <laughs> well, there we who go. those people are. So uh, in so, Black Swan is Winona Ryder. Ryder. Yeah. Um, Didn't know she was in. David Harbour is in Suicide Squad, plays oh, Dexter yeah. Tolliver. Of course, yeah. Um, Sean Astin is in yeah. is Samwise in, in uh, R.I.P. Bob. Love that yeah, boy. Yeah, uh, Finn Wolfhard obviously is in it. Yeah. And uh, Millie Bobby Brown is in Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Yeah. Oh, well Congratulations, done. Yeah. Dale. Right. Thank you. <laughs> there we so, go. Uh, let's move on to feedback. Uh, by the way, if you want to send in feedback, it's IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com. We got a lot of good ones this week, but please keep sending them in. Um, so we've got, we're actually going to read four this week because I, I liked all of them we got. Matt, you're up first. Okay, I'll start with this one. Uh, this is from Lloyd Jones. And he goes, uh, I was getting off my regular train at London Marlborough the other day and noticed a man getting off the train with some interesting arm tattoos. Probably a handsome man. I yeah, guess. I'd imagine he would yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, like so. Winning smile, sort of good beard. <laughs> As I got a little closer, I realised that it was none other than IGN's Dale Driver. That's mad. He yeah. takes trains. <laughs> so my question to him and, and the rest of the team, do they have any tattoos and what are they of and why? Also, Dale, what's Wickham's best takeaway? <laughs> Before I preface this, I want to say I chose that email out there because I never get emails about me and it was nice to see one for a change. I was like, I want to, I want to speak about I want a little narcissism moment. You know? uh, so Wickham's best takeaway. Uh, I don't know. There's a lot of good Indian restaurants. Good. Um, there's one called the Curry Centre, which is pretty good. It's a crap name, but a really nice place. Uh, there's, a lot, there's also this fantastic takeaway restaurant. You may have called heard Nando's. of Nando's. <laughs> you just stepped all over my goddamn joke. I was just going to say McDonald's. But yeah. uh, no, apart from that, it's, it's not like London for food. Sure. Just, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tattoos. Who else has got tattoos? Nobody, Nothing. I no. think. Not even Al, Joe, Cad. No, nobody. No, has. I don't think they do. Yeah, it's just me. Um, Tattoo Boy in the office. Yeah, there's. it's a mixed bag. Um, I've got some that mean something to me. Some A lot that are music lyrics. Sure. I've got Jeff Buckley, Elbow, Pink Floyd. I've got one. My right arm is full of all Pink Floyd album covers. Yeah, that they're good. Made into a montage. But then my left arm is basically just the things that when I was like 26, I just thought that looks cool. Stick it <laughs> on my arm, which is things like schools and playing cards and stars and all the typical they stuff. They go shot. to ever quite nicely though. It's not like they yeah. look like they're just... Well, I mean, I, I was very specific that I wanted mm-hmm. one colour scheme, which was red and black yeah. on that arm. <laughs> and this one's all multicoloured. I've, yeah. I've got a little bit of pink on this one because I've got the prism from Dark Side of the Moon. Mm-hmm. And I remember my niece when she was about six or something, I looked at her and she went, ha ha, you've got pink on your arm. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, I chose and paid to get pink on my arm. Uh, I've got a Street Fighter tattoo on my inside of my wrist as well. Oh, is that what that is? Yeah, is that a quarter code? circle punch? Yeah. Just have a look, mm-hmm. yeah. It's really like faded now and it's got really oh, crappy, right. but it's a quarter circle punch. I'm also going to be getting a new one soon. Um, we're going to get a David Bowie Ziggy Sardust, I think. Very good. Called. And um, I want a Millennium Falcon on my arm. I don't know when that's going to okay. happen, but mm-hmm. Gav's girlfriend is a tattoo artist. Yes, and she's very good. Yeah, so I think I'm going to try and make that happen mm-hmm. at some point. Like quite a, is it the Bowie one? Are you going to have like actual Bowie's face or are you going to uh, have I like think, the lightning bolts? Yeah, I think the lightning bolt are maybe like the outline of his face, but yeah. coloured in the, the start. I think it's, it's something me and my wife have been talking about for ages. We're both huge Bowie fans. Yeah, that's cool. And it's like, it's like, just a further enough step away from getting your name tattooed on each other's arm. But if we got something that was matching, we thought that'd I be like quite that. cool. I like that. Yeah. Because yeah. like um, 
because I'm surprised it's it's that and not a lost because you've already got the so, lost. Oh yeah, thing, sorry, I've got a lost. I've got the Darren Initiative logo, yeah. man. That was the very mm. first tattoo I got as What's well. It? Yeah, I remember waking up the next day after getting that tattoo and fucking, what have I done to myself? <laughs> <laughs> and then, but then the more you get, the less you care about. How, that sort of stuff. how far into lost? had the season gone so season 5 when I got the tattoo done right. so how many finished. seasons are there 6 and it okay. hadn't been it's a good job I like the ending because I could have yeah. really I mean I could always get it removed if I wanted to but it's like one of those things that if I got like I was super into Dexter at one point if I got that and then the <laughs> yeah. fucking ending that Dexter got yeah, Christ exactly, yeah. it's like going to Daenerys a tattoo. boat him on the boat <laughs> at the end I am um, I actually, so I was on my honeymoon recently and we went to Hawaii and the main reason we went to Hawaii is to do some Lost yeah. Tours because we're massively into it. And then the guy on the tour guide, he was doing a lot of pop quizzes and I could tell he gets a lot of people on on that tour who like Lost and watched it, yeah. but don't obsess over it. He did not know what he was, <laughs> he was in for when I got on that car, Like, and immediately at one point I was like, yeah, I do actually have a tattoo on my arm of Lost and he just couldn't believe it. I showed him like things from my wedding that were themed around mm. Lost. And yeah, he made his match then, basically. Well, yeah, but I felt bad for the other people on the tour because I, I kept answering every question. So you're like the nerdy kid in class, just kept raising their hand. Well, I was super nerdy. I just kept shouting <laughs> them out, and then I had to apologise to them. I was like, I'm really sorry. I'm going to shut up now and let you guys try and answer some of the questions as well. But How noble of you! Though. Yeah, no, but they were they were fine. They thought it was yeah. funny that I knew so much about Lost. Anyway, we got sidetracked. Next piece of feedback. Who was that from? That first one. That was from Lloyd Jones. Lloyd. If you see me on the train, just come over and say hello. It's fine. I'd rather that than hear tales about someone creepily staring at me <laughs> from the distance. But no, absolutely. If you see us in like, I'm sure I can speak for everyone. If you yeah, see us yeah, now, yeah. Just come and say hello. Say you listen to a podcast. All good. We, as, as much as we are like people that do podcasts, we are just normal people absolutely. that like films and games. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm dirt average, man. Just, go <laughs> <and talk. laughs> just come and talk to me. I'm just a normal dude. No, that's fine. Anyway, uh, this is from Adam Denby. It says, sup boys. Just got back from Toy Story 4. It was great, thanks for the recommendation. Thinking about your cat comparison story last week, I also noticed the first few minutes of the film, Andy looks nothing like he did in Toy Story OG. <laughs> I didn't even recognise him. He used to look like a balloon with a face drawn on it. <laughs> you know, in, Toy, they, in that video he's talking about that was doing the rounds on the internet, they just talk about how the people, like they just felt they couldn't, they put them in mm -hmm. as little as possible like you just see their legs or their feet or something yeah. like that like Sid looks fucked in that yeah. film he looks messed up I mean yeah you don't think about it too much unless you go back and look at comparisons mm -hmm. or actually look yeah. at it now like I watched A Bug's Life recently and I'm like <laughs> fuck me that looks dated as well I think like, the thing is there was I almost feel like part of the reason why Toy Story is Toy Story is the fact that like you could do CG at that time and toys would look like toys yeah. and that's why they're not in it that much because it's like it's a really sensible decision to go we're going to make a film about toys because we can make toys Absolutely, look yeah. like plastic yeah yeah definitely anyway uh, Adam continues Got me thinking, we have no end of remasters for games and no more that are no more than 10 years old, but we don't really have anything like that for the film industry. I do not count Georgie Star Wars. <laughs> I imagine the audio and performances would change. Some animation, textures, character models can get some visual upgrades. Would love to know what you guys think about this. He goes on to a bit about crisps, but we should answer mm -hmm. that bit first. So uh, remasters are a part of the film industry but yeah. not in the way that they are for games so for example like the remastering of the godfather when it went to 4k yeah, and, yeah. and you know when um 
Blu-rays came out, especially. I can remember watching that film and it felt like watching... I t- actually, I won't use the Godfather. I'll use Back to the Future as my example. Yeah. I can remember when that came out on Blu-ray, it felt like I was watching a film that had come out yesterday. It yeah. looks yeah. so good. Yeah, and they, they do. Um, so there's also things like director's cuts yeah. as well. Mm. I mean, to be fair, director's cuts don't seem to happen that much anymore. No. I guess I it's mean, because the, the physical yeah. industry has declined mm-hmm. and yeah. there's not a demand for it. Mm-hmm. But I think it, what it is a case of is like it doesn't happen in the same way that video games do. No. In the way that like especially at the moment like they're being churned out in terms of remasters but like it's not every day you get like for example one of my favorite films is blade runner and blade runner has been through four distinct yeah, cuts absolutely, now yeah. uh, apocalypse now i think yeah, is about to get final cuts yeah, now. yeah uh, and so they do happen but i think it's the interesting thing about toy story is that because it is a cg film realistically with a lot of money you could probably open those files and reskin all of those characters Absolutely, with new yeah. textures yeah. and so it would be interesting to see because I don't think there's actually anything wrong with the animation of Toy Story yeah. it's just the I'm sure there, physical I'm sure rendering effect the guys who made it consider the yeah. problems with the animation I see what you're saying I think yeah it's more it's always seems to me like the lighting and shading and the textures mm-hmm. that are the things that suffer from like being dated um, but I think that there's there's also ways of like you know there's countless either films or TV shows that go into the like they get remastered for or get reconfigured for different media yeah. as well I just think it's a you know it's obviously a different form of media it can't follow the same rules that mm-hmm. video games do but I think if there's any that is susceptible to it is what you said is like uh, Pixar films and CGI yeah. films mm-hmm. Would would you ever would you ever want something like that though? Like I a mean, few years down the line if you see you know Toy Story 1 coming I to the I really don't again. you know what I know it's like in our um, sort of bubble there's a lot of people who seem to dislike when things get remade it yeah. never really bothers me because I just think you know it's it's for a new generation of kids mm-hmm. you know or if it's a child's film yeah. it's just for a new generation of people it doesn't affect my enjoyment of the original even when yeah, they release sure. sequels that are terrible like like they've released that crap Men in Black sequel yeah. right? I've not seen it but it doesn't change the fact that I still love the first Men yeah, in Black yeah you still have the appreciation of the originals mm-hmm. and yeah, stuff I think yeah, people I, get a bit precious it, about people, it people, you know, the whole sort of like oh it's pissing all over the grave of the originals yeah, but God, I don't yeah. Yeah, like, you get can that still, you always have access to the original mm-hmm. so it should never yeah. be a problem and generally in this age of like rampant consumerism and stuff like that you can always buy the original version that is going to exist yeah, and so forever, even if yeah. you haven't watched it for 20 years let's say yeah. you can probably go on Amazon or walk into HMVs if they still exist yeah. and buy the original version probably you know remastered into 4K and it'll look really nice <laughs> I yeah. um, like I saw some people moaning about um, like Toy Story 4 like mm-hmm. existing yeah and then uh, but my six year old niece went to watch it the other day and she had an amazing time Good. she watched it in 3D first film yeah. she'd ever seen in 3D <laughs> that's really cool and it was incredible for her like it blew yeah. her mind and mm-hmm. it's like why like we do we value our childhood over someone else's childhood it's like yeah, exactly. let, them in, let the next mm-hmm. generation enjoy yeah. things as well the same thing uh, in, I would like to see like the film industry maybe kind of re-push older films as well and the idea hmm. of kind of like it, I can remember going to so I saw obviously Toy Story when I'd be like five but when I was at university, they re-released Toy Story. They did it actually in 3D. They literally went back into all the files and put a second camera into <laughs> the film. I went and saw it. And it's like, sometimes it might be nice if cinemas just did a little bit more of a kind of like, kids can come and watch films that were from yeah. maybe their parents' generation and experience it in a cinema as films are supposed Absolutely, to. yeah. Like, like, but there I are cinemas th- that still do that though. You have like Curzon and a few in like the West End. It's that not a white, and the thing is in London, it's very, very common where, like, yeah. me and Dale are from, yeah. sort of, yes. like, in the Midlands, no, that stuff happen. doesn't happen. Right. Yeah. No, not at all. Yeah, I think that's a great shot. Anyway, back to Adam's email. He says, also, a bit late on the crisps, but, one, <laughs> those Transformer crisps that you built actually don't... 
yeah. built but actually don't work yeah. so what do you want them to do mate <laughs> <laughs> although I don't know about you but I'd always build them and then just eat it all yeah. as a complete unit every time so you're getting a lot of crisp there uh, <laughs> chipsticks bangers uh, do you remember them they're, they're a bit when you eat them they're really they, heavy on they salt so, vinegar yeah, yeah, yeah and they also are, like to go dental I've got quite deep crevices in my back teeth <laughs> yeah. so they just fill with chipsticks yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a sort of uh, yeah you need to hard brush and mouthwash yeah. after that, <laughs> yeah. and uh, ready salted Pringles screw you Joe I also think ready salted Pringles are the best Pringles they're good they're no wait classic. sorry I read that as salt and vinegar ready salted Pringles are good yeah but they are probably not the best what's your favourite flavour salt and vinegar that's what I thought I misread it as salt and vinegar right okay Okay. What about you? What's your favorite flavor? Well, you have the base flavor, which is just like salted. So then you can yeah, get... Yeah, ready salted. That's what you're mm-hmm. talking about. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So usually when it comes to getting the ready salted ones, you'll have like an accompaniment with it. So like maybe some like dips or some shit. If I want... Sometimes whenever I'm at a party... More, is that not more of a Doritos yeah. thing? Even then with no, Doritos, I, mean, well, I don't it, it can still work out and stuff like that. It's just another crisp. But yeah. if, if I want distinct flavors, and I, I like barbecue. Yeah, that's yeah. good. That's good. I like the new ones they've got there. They've got a tikka masala flavor. See, I don't. I'm, I think really the, that one. the wilder the flavor is, the more disappointed I get because oh, really? I'm expecting it to be the exact <laughs> sort of thing. I like just... uh, they've got the Walker's equivalents called Stacks, and they've got like a paprika yes. flavor there. Yes. They are actually really nice. But that's a good base flavor. You know, yeah. you get the yeah. paprika, you put it on the crisp taste of paprika yeah because when, when you, you have five flavors or something like it's not going to taste one like of the roast pringles chicken with potatoes one, yeah one of the pringles ones is kind of like a teriyaki duck sort of thing and it's like they're trying to get through the taste of the cucumber the taste of the spring <laughs> onion the taste of the duck sauce that's you know, like, good though to be but fair. it's just but a it's, it's not going to be good though that's yeah. the it's problem. just a synthetic duck <laughs> flavor okay thanks for that adam and also write in with your favorite crisps let's keep this going <laughs> yeah. jesse you got the next one yeah, this is from Clive. Hi there, Clive. Afternoon, gentlemen. I was hoping you could help me since you have a platform for reaching hundreds of thousands of young adults at once. That includes me, most likely. Um, I get infuriated, some might say pointlessly, when I see people walking whilst listening to music through headphones and their phone is in their hand rather than their pocket. The frustration comes from a lack of understanding and I wish to know what this purpose is for. Maybe one of your listeners is a complete psychopath and follows the, this practice and could educate me, maybe even convert me if the reason is strong enough. Anything like like this piss pisses you buttes off i accept it's completely irrational but fuck me it can become a day ruiner thanks for your time you're doing a fucking wicked job clive a little x for a kiss right. i do that yeah i walk with my clive, phone in my hands one, like your name it's my middle yeah. name it's my dad's name appreciate some name <laughs> uh two i do that i'm pretty sure that all the hosts of this podcast probably do something I, like I that think, as well yeah. so i i'm sort of See, he doesn't, he doesn't like you listening to music for your phone, but still having your phone in your hand. I, I, I very I'm, not doing, I'm not looking at the album art. I'm like, I'm doing, <laughs> I'm on Twitter or something. Oh, yeah. So I do that. But so generally, if I'm like on the tube platform, I'll be reading, you know, if I can yeah, still get signal or there's Wi-Fi. I, on the I think platform. I think it's the thing that if you're just exclusively listening to music and you're walking down the street, why would you have your phone in your hand? But that's something I do. Oh, so I don't do that. It goes back in my oh, pocket. Oh, I see. So you're not yeah. looking at the screen. You're just holding your yeah, phone. Yeah, I think you're just holding your phone. And the phone's um, in their hand rather than a pocket. Oh, that, I mean, that is weird. Uh, I guess the only way that is like, for example, my wife never wears like trousers with deep enough pockets to put a yeah, phone in. Is that so. not just because women's fashion is yeah, awful for that? Yeah. So she has to hold, if she was doing that, she'd have to hold a phone yeah. in her hand. Um, but why would you do it, Jesse? 
because I just it's because he's one of these generation no, Zedders, isn't he? I, so. I, I, li- I like to have something in my in my hand. Like I always, I'm always just like fiddling with my keys or you something like, an like that. You like smoker or something? Yeah, you, man, are, totally. you are a fidgeter. There's yeah, the I, times I I've seen your knees shaking during meetings. It's like stop oh, it. this is because um, like whenever we're playing Siege, there's always like what's the squeaky chair, and <laughs> yeah. it's always Jess's chair. Yeah, like I just I, I need to have something like in my hands most of the time and stuff like okay. that. Okay, just that's just that's just me. I guess my equi- I quite often like if I'm walking around the city, I generally have like my my satchel with me and I, I always sort of hold the strap to the satchel oh, okay. so that's might be my equivalent I can't think of anything I can think of things that annoy me <laughs> what did he say at the end uh, anything like this piss you off uh, yeah lots of stuff especially when it comes to commuting people who get to the gates and then decide to get their ticket or something out and Fucking then it doesn't idiots, work man. and then they just keep trying it and, and then they, they, and then they look behind you and they're like it's not working like I don't care get out my way <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> fucking idiots that's very much the London life though isn't it <laughs> people who stand on the wrong side of the escalators as well oh um, man yeah. sometimes that's forgivable because they might not be from like yeah. it's the general rule no like, so, so the thing that I've got is so you know how people you stand on the right on the escalator yeah. right and then people on the left is the overtaking lane yep that that seems to be for the most part aside from in like really touristy sections of London people adhere to yeah. that right when I'm going back and I'm getting off <laughs> fucking Canada water which is no no bloody yeah. tourist is out there no, yeah. like the escalators fine everybody adheres to it when it's the stairs fucking free for it's like no stay on the right <laughs> I know what you mean it's like that at Baker Street I come in at Baker Street every day and it's just this, this stairs are there is no rules there people I just do, don't get it every day it changes which stairs people are yeah. coming up it's, and down it's basic you learn it at school it's the same when you're at escalators they always say you know stick to the right they don't say that though they only say that in London really yeah I never knew that until I came to London yeah like, maybe, because, maybe because they're training you because they know you'll piss someone off if you're <laughs> on the tube or something like that it's because of the sheer amount of people in London they have to do that but yeah. Yeah. in everywhere else in the country or as far as I know it's, uh, that was never told to me. Escalators like, you just, just aren't that popular outside of London. Well, no, there's just not as many yeah, people. Know, <laughs> in Wolverhampton, where I'm from, you wouldn't get, you know, the amount of people packed on an escalator in BHS or something. <laughs> yeah. Something that, something that, here we go. We're going like irrational annoyance. <laughs> something that it did, it's this morning actually, proper did my head in, is where the train's coming into the station and it's the last stop and the guy or some whoever has to stand up like three minutes before it comes into the station <laughs> and just go and stand and block you in the way oh. or, or like I was standing up because there was no seat and a guy just comes stood so close to me just because he was waiting for the station I was like you're not going to miss the station <laughs> yeah. mate. everybody's getting off why not like stand up when we actually the train starts it's, it's always like this mind race that you need to get off the train and get to the top of the stairs first yeah. that's what people it always do it saves you no time at I all know. like it, it's just Oh, commuting, eh? Oh, there's a lot of things I can, I can speak forever about the annoyance of commuting. But anyway, make sure to take your bag off when you're on the tube. Yes, do that as well. Please, yes, take your bag off when you're on the tube because you hit people with it and it's very yeah. annoying. Anyway. Right, final bit of feedback. Yes, sorry, cool. I went on a rant there. Let's de-stress a bit. From Richard Taverner. So uh, he, he says, Hey guys, I love the podcast. I know you hate being shared with praise, so I'll get straight to the point. What do you think of the Netflix series Dark? Are you as confused as I am? It's really one of the best things I've seen on TV in recent years since Twin Peaks The Return. I'm halfway through the second season, so no spoilers, please. It would be nice to hear a discussion on TV shows that you that force you to think. Cheers from Rich. So, I'm thinking, you, have you, either of you guys watched so Dark? I, I've yet I, to see Dark. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I watched a couple of episodes of it, and I think 
when it came out, we quite enjoyed it, but I think something else came around at the same time and distracted us. And then I just sort of never went back. And it's a sort of show I imagine it's quite hard to, we'd have to watch yeah, it again. Yeah. Uh, so I've watched season one. I haven't started watching season two. So therefore I cannot provide you any spoilers, Rich. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think season one is, even though kind of like, it's been a while since it came out. I think it came out kind of around sort of November, December a year maybe two years ago yeah that sounds right it's been it's not it's not had like the season every year thing it's been a while and it was one of those shows that was like maybe they'll just never make a second season um and what i remember of it and i think i'm either gonna have to watch quite a deep dive youtube video recapping <laughs> it or watch it just again but i remember it being incredibly interesting and having and building up to a wonderful crescendo yeah um it's got have you watched any european dramas at all that are in this kind of weird space have you watched, uh, like, watched les revenants uh, i watched was it called rain i've not seen that that was on a netflix one as well right. but that was mm. um i think that was scandinavian actually what, what right. is the show actually about because i know so, nothing other than so the title. dark involved it, it's kind of like it's sort of set in the 1980s um, but it's it because you haven't had enough of yeah. that. No, I know. <laughs> um, but it's to do with time travel, basically, okay. and there's all sorts of and it's a, it's around a group of kids, um, and it's to do, it's it's very family sort of focus in that there are different generations and the time travel revolves around that is it and a light it, show or is it like very serious oh no it's quite yeah, like yeah. as oh, anything okay. that comes from <laughs> yeah, europe tends serious. to be yeah. right okay um yeah um but it's got very very good music it's got uh, say this kind of like it's got a mythos that you devote yourself to and i think okay. yeah it's kind of dale i think yeah go back to it but start from episode yeah, one absolutely. again i can barely remember it and um i remember it had like some of those shows tend to have is quite really bad English dubs that you oh can God, yeah. so you can turn them off and put subtitles <laughs> yeah, on instead cool. which is absolutely the, the dub was dreadful where was it originally shot like what language is it actually in isn't it, it German is it's, it is it German or is it it's, so I don't think it's so you can't talk about it and I'll Google yeah. it and it's not so Les Revenon which is another one I've watched is French which is right, okay. about um, just a bunch of dead people come back from the dead one day but they're not zombies they're just like they're they're alive oh, Isn't that, okay. didn't that get remade as yeah. an American I've, show yeah. I thought yeah. the BBC did a show like that not too long ago it, Maybe it, they is. it is German is it German yeah, yeah. Right, okay. mm-hmm. so is it similar to Stranger Things does it have that vibe well, is it a bit so more people, serious when it first came out were just like oh it's European Stranger Things no it fucking isn't <laughs> it's it's like just because it's got some stuff in the 80s in it doesn't yeah. make it Stranger Things it's not about the nostalgia of that era it's got some really good bits where it like uses the music I think from the era Okay, but it's not about that nostalgia and it's not where Stranger Things is about pop culture this isn't so it kind of removes that there's it, no Dungeons it, it, and Dragons there's it's, no it's just, set, it's just set in the 80s and that's, yeah, yeah. And that's the mm-hmm. fact okay yeah. cool um, and it's yeah it's got I say it is a serious it, it takes its time travel elements very seriously cool and so if you want something to properly invest in it's a very good show for that yeah in um, terms of other shows he says and shows that force you to make you think uh, Les Revenants is a good one but also uh, Deutschland 83 is a really good uh, European show which is set in the Cold War and it's about a boy that um, basically gets recruited to I think he's in West Germany he goes to East Germany okay. or it might be the uh, other way around yeah no it's that way because right. he's from uh I can't actually it's been so long since I watched it I can't remember it's either that he goes from like 
uh, east and so he's get he is very used to being told what to do and goes into the west where yeah because everything's much more, more liberated yeah. um, but he's acting as a spy because and it but he's not supposed to be a spy it's just because I think he looks like a spy that gets <laughs> oh, shot and it's very very like the whole it's a proper full on Cold War drama but yeah. the way it deals with the fish out of water element of it is very very good are these all are these all on Netflix so Deutschland 83 is on all four as it's called now Right, and it is okay. part of the they've got like a foreign section which I think is called Walters Presents which okay. have all got very cherry picked you know the best of the shows that you've never watched because you don't live in Europe yeah. right we, we, we're going to be calling it 4AD for the rest of the time yeah, yeah. I, I can't break the habit of calling it 4AD I don't yeah. think all fours are, are, are better no, it's not change. at all is it all four 4AD mm-hmm. anyway. is easier to say right Thank you very much for all those emails. I uh, just want to do one last little thing. Remind people that we've got Podcast 500 coming up. Mm-hmm. It's on August the 16th and it is going to be, re- I think we announced it last week, but just in case you missed it, it's at the 100 Club, which is in Oxford Street, which is in central London. So if you plan on coming, make sure you book a hotel around that area, I guess. Um, also, our tickets will be going on sale soon. We'll do a full announcement. We'll like we'll do it here. We'll probably do it on our Twitter handles. Uh, we'll probably post it in the Duck Hunters group on Facebook if you're a part of that as well. So that's it. We need a song to go out with. And yeah. what comes to mind is Material Girl. Yeah, let's go with it. Should we do that? Yes. Cool. All right. Cheers, guys. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.